Welcome to the ARC 360 podcast brought to you in association with Solera Audatex, BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Innovation Group, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, SNG Response, and Sherwin Williams, as well as our partners Aztec, the Green Part Specialists in Darsa and Prasco UK. Please do check out these businesses for any of your automotive claims, repair, or supply chain needs. Welcome along, everybody, to the ARC360 podcast with me, your host, Mark Hadaway. And here we catch up with some of the leading figures within the motor insurance claims sector. In this episode, we speak with Kelvin Moore, Managing Director of Replacement Parts Giant Prasco UK, who provides us with a lowdown on the sector's purported parts challenges. Kelvin provides an insight on Prasco UK's recent developments, including ongoing increases in stock ranges, Amazon-type enhancements in service provision and technology, and all underpinned by Kelvin's desire to provide a truly personalised service. Recorded back in August and only published now, the session includes at-the-time references, but still didn't give Kelvin enough time to reveal his hidden talent. We'll just have to keep a watch out for that. Enjoy the conversation. Wonderful stuff. Thank you very much for joining us today, Kelvin. How is the world treating you? Uh, yeah, yeah, very good. Very good. Sales are, are buoyant. You know, this time of year, we particularly, it is a little bit quieter in our industry. We need the bad weather. So, so it's a, it's a sad state of affairs, but you know, that's, you know, sales are always busier in the winter months, but yeah, good. Yeah. You know, got a couple of little interesting things happening at the minute. We are de- starting to develop our own tools on the plastic side of things. One of the things Prasco aims to do as a group is to hopefully you know, develop its own products. We've currently got so many tools ready. These are away being finalised. We'll produce them or we'll start to produce a batch of bumpers. These will go away for testing. We're one of the accreditation companies and then hopefully these will become you know, on the market very soon. Exciting times, my friend. Crikey, there you go. Well, we might uh, we might come back to that and touch on that a little bit more in terms of developments at Prowscope. So the reality is, let's kind of cut to the chase because, hey, everywhere I go, everyone I speak to has past challenges, as you well know. Unfortunately, you couldn't join us at the time. We had the webinar uh, recently where we were talking about supply chain, specifically around parts. We heard reports during that webinar of shipping challenges. Uh, We held a poll during the webinar, which suggested supply of parts is getting worse, not better. However, I've heard the contrary from others. What's causing such varied views and opinions and kind of, you know, what's the reality from a Prasco perspective? Yeah, I listened to the other webinar, you know, while I was away. I'm a little bit bemused, if I'm honest. You know, one of the comments was there's a problem with the uh, shipping containers. I'm not seeing that, if I'm honest. The start of the pandemic, sales dropped. Obviously, you know, the country shut down. A lot of the shipping agents had to moor boats up because, you know, there was just nothing moving, basically. Subsequently, there was challenges, I would probably say, three or four months into the pandemic where parts were slow leaving the manufacturers in the Far East. But in terms of actually struggling for containers, no. As a group, we probably bring anywhere from 150 to 220 containers a month into the various warehouses. I've spoken with the, the other people and we've, we've all got the same, the same issues. First issue is price. The cost of a container is, it's actually coming down now, but it's quadruple basically. So the actual physical cost. Parts are taking 
for us personally, probably about 10 days longer to arrive. They've slowed the boats down and they are stopping at two or three extra locations along the way. But in terms of actually getting containers, I'm not seeing this. There was a report yesterday came out from one of the big global logistics agents. Supply from the Far East is dropping. I have a report on my desk which basically said, I personally think the prices of the containers are going to start to drop, possibly the back end of the summer, early, early autumn. I think because there's a lack of demand, it's got to push it down. They're saying sea freight will become more competitive. Hopefully the prices will drop. Interesting stuff. To me, that sounds like there's sort of green shoots of positivity. Or Prasco is not seeing any particular problems in terms of supplier containers. And it it hasn't done for possibly near on two years. I mean, do you put that down to proactivity on your side? We as as a business, we try to, as a group, we try to forward book the containers. We book slots on ships, you know, whether it's going to Italy, Germany, Spain or the UK. We've got spaces on ships. We liaise with the manufacturers. They liaise with the shipping agents. We're ordering product now for probably October, November. We know what containers are going to be leaving. Yeah, there'll be slight adjustments around sales volumes. But as a whole, you know, we know what's coming. One of the things we did when the pandemic started is we, it gave us a chance to sort of like reorganize our procurement process. We basically pushed ahead more data. We increased the range. We spent a lot of time liaising with the manufacturers to make sure they've got that you know they've got forecasting for, you know for product coming through through the door so for us we plan you know we push ahead with it we've increased the range stock this year alone is up 23 percent. so our actual you know we keep 23 percent more volume, volume of stock than this time last year well wow. has anything changed on availability not really our levels have not dropped they've increased slightly to be fair so availability is better the one thing that causes a little issue maybe because the manufacturers are struggling a little bit. They have to either look at us for a, an alternative to get the car on the road, which is a good thing for us. So that's obviously, you know, we've seen it, you know, sales increase. So, you know, I can't complain. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, and you, so you shouldn't. So let's go into that sort of proactivity and in terms of how things are potentially changing or have changed. What are some of the things that you've done within Prasco, the business itself, and, and you know, I know since the pandemic, you've made an awful lot of changes, investments. You've touched upon a couple there, but can you just give us a little bit more an insight into how the businesses oh. operate? I know you're a big fan of kind of the Amazon model and stuff as well. So yeah, well, we we have something now where we're able to track all our shipments online. So I can tell you when a container, you know, as soon as it's at port or it's going to port, I've got a rough ETA. We've got a portal with the shipping agent where we can pretty much see where the boat is. We can see, you know, if there's any delays, any problems. So I can say, right, a container from supplier A, I know is going to be here, or it's going to be stuck outside Felixstowe or, you know, London docks, Tilbury docks. Uh, I can pretty much tell when it's going to come in. We're pre-booking four or five weeks in advance containers possibly entering the warehouse. You know, so we know what's coming in. The other things we've done on the delivery side to this, you know, beyond to the customer, We've got a, a screen in the sales office which shows where every van is. If a customer is chasing his delivery, I can see how far he is away. The plan is to put that out to the customer. So you know, rather than have the phone call, it can go on, online and see where you know see where his delivery is. That model is now built. We're just making a few adjustments to it. It's there. So you know, it is the the DPD TNT Amazon style. You know, you know, you know, track your delivery type model. That is done. 
I'm using it internally. I've just got to launch it to the customers. That's what everybody wants these days. Um, well, that's 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 the thing, isn't it? You're used to that in kind of your your daily life. So, absolutely, why would you not want that? Have push, that in a work environment. The bigger companies, that you know, the couriers, they're pushing people to do this. People want the the parts there. They want to know what's happening. So, we're going to follow that model. And that that's, I suppose, part of that mentality is what also drove the development of the app that you've now got. And you know, tell us a little bit about that. How does that work? Uh, yeah, we've got an app where. Most of the suppliers in the UK, through something called K-Typing, can, you can put your vehicle registration in and it tells you what parts they have available for that car. Online, everyone's pretty much got it. We've actually made it, you know, everyone uses a the smartphone these days. So now we have a, for Apple and Android, we now have an app with the Prasco catalog on. On the back of that, the body shops will be able to see existing quotes. If we've received an estimate where we can quote for some parts due to some of the the lead times i'm hearing from repairers doing an estimate to actually getting the car into repair if we've done a quote for any parts it'll be on it's, it's already on the website now so they can log on see the quote and they can just press send on the app it's the next step but it, it's there so they don't even have to call us you know go to the app you put your registration in you pick what you you know you pick the parts you want and you just press send and then it turns up next day you make it sound so simple. It makes us want makes Probably, us yeah, what all the talk is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's technology. That's what people want. I'm quite old-fashioned. I prefer the relationship. I'd rather have the phone call. I've got to be honest. But in this day and age, that's what people want. They want to be able to see a picture of the part. They want to see what's available. They want the price, and they want to be able to order it. That's where I'm at. So, you know, we, we have, say, uh, quotes on the back of the, the website now. That will be on the app hopefully the next two or three weeks. Pretty much, you can walk around the workshop, look at a car, you know, look on on the Prasco app. If we've quoted for it, and just said, you know, whatever parts are there, just say send. Clever stuff, hey! It's technology, but it's technology that adds value. That's that's the real key piece, it, isn't it? When you have to pick up a phone these days, it's a waste. Because I like it, it's a waste of time. People don't want it. They either want web chat, they want an IT. Personally, I'm not a fan of it, but I do it. You know, I'm going to endorse it. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Sounds like some great developments taking place there, and um, yeah. you know, it'd be really interesting to see the you know the next iterations of all these things. Another thing Prasco is working on is is the data. So we're actually looking at we obviously we capture through the estimating systems and the body shop management systems. You know, we quote for parts, same as our competitors, so we're no different. We're looking at the data, we're looking at demand through that, and we're also trying to forward order. And also look at trends apart. So if we're seeing a particular model we're quoting on fast, we're actually up in our order volumes. We are actually analysing the data. We want to we, we want to be able to, you know, I'd love 100% availability. And that, you know, we're pushing for that. And the only way we can do that is by looking at what the shops are repairing, seeing, you know, we also look at the OE cost. So we can, you know, see if we can be competitive, you know, we've got people analysing the data on a daily basis. We can track the OE price. If we had a part number from two years ago and it's still the same part number, we can pretty much see, you know, whether it's gone up or down. So that's how we basically, you know, we track our pricing based on that. Clever stuff, my friend. Hey, you know, it, there's far more to it than just um, kind of, you know, the part arriving and, uh, and that yeah. being that. Yeah. So it's fascinating insight. It really is. So elephant in the room always is when we come to non-OE parts is... The, the quality, if you like, of independently certified parts. So 
what can you tell us around that? You know, that's always uh, been a kind of topical debate. And I think I'll always be there, if I'm honest. I don't <laughs> think it'll disappear. All I can say is Prasco are, they have their own certification testing area within it in Italy. It is, it's currently being used by TUV. If we're dealing with a particular manufacturer, we believe has got very good quality, but doesn't sign up to one of the accreditation programs, then we pay for it ourselves. We don't personally uh, certify ourselves, but we pay, we find the car, we get the samples in, we get the OE sample, we check, and then we pass it on to one of the accreditation houses and they come and do an independent test. So that, that's happening. That's been happening for five years, six years. We're dealing with some, we're, we're dealing with some very, very good manufacturers of product. Some of these manufacturers are making for the OE. They know the processes. They know what's expected of them. But for whatever reason, some of the products are onto the aftermarket. They believe they don't have to go through the certification process. So we take it on. That's what Prasco Premium is about. You know, it's what we checked. We said is very good quality and we will push out to the market. It's an interesting debate, isn't it? I mean, probably one of legacy, arguably, from yesterday. Uh, yeah, yeah. I always work on... Uh, I see some of the resistance from some of the shops. I see a lot of proactivity with these parts, on the, you know, with a lot of the shops. The reality is they're good quality, every bit as good as OE. The thing is, the, how many cars, if they were to be repaired using OE products or OE parts, would be written off because of the price of the product, how many cars have been saved? How many repairers have got work or had cars in and got work because they've used independently certified parts? I'd say quite a lot. I look at some of the costs. I, I know what we sell at. I know what savings the insurer can make. I know what margin, extra margins the repairer can make. And I'm thinking if that car was to be repaired with some of the OE prices, it wouldn't be back on the road work would be taken out of the repair. There'd be certainly a lot more total losses, that's for sure. Mm, interesting. So I, I saw, saw a couple of your tweets regarding sort of fulfilment of various, I think it was a mention of an Audi was there and a Peugeot, yeah. sort of the yeah. timeline of, of parts that you'd been able to supply. Yeah, I've looked at a, I looked at a headlamp today and it was a, an OES unit. I looked at our selling price and I looked at, the OE price, and I think a pair of them was £1,800. You know, you put a bonnet, you put a grill, a radiator, a condenser, bumper reinforcer, and all the gubbins of the bumper, and I've sat here, and you're in nearly three and a half, four thousand pounds And I just thought, you know, we were able to quote at substantially less. I don't know whether that car got total lost. I don't know, but the thing is, we got the sale for the repair, and we kept the car on the road. You know, going back to the, the quality, you know, the elephant in the room, as you call it, the quality of this product, our returns are something like 0.2%, which is nothing. I hear stories of, you know, there being problems with the fitment of OE parts. So to me, each year that goes by, it's becoming more of a legacy. Now, as long as we supply good quality, good fitting, OE matching, you know, call it whatever you want. As long as we supply a good quality product, as far as I'm concerned, it's, you know, the, the repairers should be using the parts. Do you even reference, you, you sort of, use multiple terms there but is there a term you even use anymore there isn't there isn't depending who i'm talking to oe matching is a very good word something i never used until a few years ago i'll not mention any names but it was passed on to me by a mutual friend that's it it's oe matching are we are we equivalent it's probably the word independently certified i don't particularly use that a lot these days 
there's not one part in the warehouse that wouldn't put on my own vehicle. Speaks volumes. You know, I wouldn't put my wife and my child in a car with poor quality parts. The days of poor fitting parts has gone. Yes, you get the odd one, and there'll be people want to shout about it. But in the grand scheme of things, no. And I'm not just saying Prasco, the other suppliers out there, the parts in general, they're very, very good quality. The manufacturer's processes are massively improved. Two or three of the biggest suppliers are supplying to the VMs anyway. It's becoming a myth. That's probably the best way. So what timelines do you work to as well in terms of the availability of parts for vehicles? Is there still a lag? We work to supplying parts next working day. If we can't do next working day, we don't supply it. I'm hearing stories now of the point of a car being estimated on to actually going into the shop and being repaired at two and three months. Obviously, our stock changes daily. So one of the challenges we've got is if we quote it to something two, two months ago, have we still got them parts on the shelf? The odd time it catches us out. But as a whole, no, everything, you know, because we've got stock coming in on a rolling basis, we supply parts, you know, next working day. That's it. That's what we do. So anybody rings up before 5.30, most cases, it's with them before dinner time next day. We work on the next working day. I can quite confidently say Prasco's van drivers are back and finished for one o'clock. You know, we deliver through the night to the traditional customer and from six o'clock to 12 o'clock, we're delivering to the body shop. I mean, with everything, again, we've spoken about what we hear within the industry, you'd argue kind of you guys are, are perfectly positioned at the moment to kind of satisfy that that need for parts. Are you kind of, you know, inundated with orders? I What has been the result in terms of, you know, Prasco's customer profile, you know, it, 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 kind of things flying, flying out the doors at the moment? I'm not complaining. That's probably the best, the best way of putting it. <laughs> you know, we've... Seriously, we've we've grown as a business during the pandemic. We had two or three months where we we had to close down like everybody else. You know, well, we had to shrink. That's probably the best way of putting it. We had skeleton staff answering the phone. We did have people from working from home. If I'm honest, my staff have been fantastic. After six, eight weeks, can we come back in? All this working from home thing, I'm not seeing it with any of my staff. You know, I've got a good team with you know within the office. For me, I think because I've got such a good team. The business has grown on the back of that. We've increased the range, which has helped the sales. When we quote for a repair, we've got more parts on the on the quote, which then makes us attractive. The way my drivers are handling the product and my warehouse, my drivers, they're going out there. The drivers are the they're the ones that see the customer. They're the guys dealing with the parts people in the, you know, whether it be in the, the, the local motor factor, whether it's the body shop. I think on the back of that, we have grown as a business. Yeah, I can't complain, you know, it's quieter at the minute, but that's always not a bad thing. At the minute, we're reorganising the warehouse, we've invested in a new type of stillage, because plastic items are getting bigger and larger, you know, the bumper on a car now is a significant size to what it was 10, 15 years ago. If you stack on top of each other, the squash distorts, poor fitting. So now we have something like 700 stillages in the warehouse, 10,000 new picking locations in this year. Just for smaller items, so eye covers, parking sensors, bumper brackets, items we probably weren't doing five years ago. It's interesting. Uh, and, and with that, do you, I mean, again, when we talk about parts and we talk about, you know, parts baskets, I suppose, you know, the assumption is that you you would need to supply everything to cater for a job. But actually, are you finding that 
body shops or repairers are using a mix of they may go to the OE for certain elements of the part, they may use recycled parts and they may come to you for, for other elements. You, you, you know, so it's a bit of a mix and match, I suppose. And, and you yeah. can cater yeah. for, for any size of order. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it be a bumper bracket right through to a full front end. We had a quote come through the, the other day. It was quite a it was for a basic car. There was 22 bits on it and we had 19 of them as part of the, the OE equivalent range, you know, we got the job. So, you know, we, you know, we got the repair. So that's where the value is coming to the repairer. Yeah. Not only is he saving more money by buying from us, he's actually, you know, I won't say a one-stop shop, but when you actually look at the cost of it, it's like, wow, I'm getting a good return. The plan for us to make that basket bigger and bigger. Yep. You know, we're, the product team at the minute are working on, a car and saying right we might do two headlights a bonnet and a bumper and a pair of wings can we get the bumper brackets can we get the toe eye cover can we get the moldings can we get the daylight running right can we get the condenser the intercooler and that is they're taking the vehicles and they are spending more time and effort to make sure we can offer a complete complete package that's you know there's six people downstairs just working on that daily and that's a big old piece of work, obviously. A right, big it's, undertaking. It's on it's ongoing. The return is is there. At the minute, we're putting a, a new photo studio in. The plan is it's all right taking a picture of a, the you know the front part of the part, but I want to be able to turn it around and take a picture of the back, showing all the brackets, the fixings. That'll be another on that's there's probably 12, 18 months worth of work there just to get caught up, you know, with what we've got. We're currently building a photo studio with all the professional equipment to do that ourselves there's other reasons for doing it it's all about giving as much information as you can to the customer so when he looks at it i say well that that's actually quite different that's different there's 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 a lot going off you know if i had 25 extra bodies today i'd get it done a lot quicker it's also got to be managed yeah absolutely and from your perspective then and, and from what you experience of of parts coming through and developing all the time are parts getting more individualized if that's the correct terminology you know are they becoming harder to identify for specific vehicles uh yes and no i think because of the type of product we sell mechanical parts there's a lot one wishbone will fit 25 to 30 different models there's a lot that's where the commonality is between the manufacturers with the crash repair sector yeah it's still individual you don't want it apart from the odd fog light or maybe some of the cooling there's still individual parts the first thing is we look at what's available from the manufacturer. We then look at the commerciality side of it. Is it worth bringing in? Is there any money? Is there any demand? And then we look at, we look for a lot, you know, the OE specification. We look at the vehicle part to see if there's a lot being crashed, not necessarily, you know, we're going to buy a lot of parts. Demand is always what drives, you know, what we buy always. The complexity is there, but the systems out there to help you identify them. We've got OE parts referencing systems. We can check. And like I say, it's an ongoing job and it always will be. We deal with a German company for supplying data for the K-type. You put your registration in, it tells you what derivative it is. And then on the back of that, it tells you what parts are available for that car. That's an industry standard one. That's not just unique to Prasco. There's still challenges and it is very, it's a lot more complex than what it was 10 years ago. But the systems out there, which you can get hold of to help you, you know, make it happen. Does the advent of electric vehicles change anything do you envisage it changing changing stuff from your from your perspective uh not in terms of supplying parts obviously the technology behind them not crashing will change 
I still think they're going to crash. You know, we've got, we have Tesla parts in our range now, and it's going to become more evident over the next two or three years. You know, these vehicles realistically have only been available, I'd say mainstream for the last three or four years. It's the technology that will stop them from crashing. On the back of that, there'll be, there'll be less crashes, but only time will tell. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, hey, yeah, and we're all faced with the same challenges. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think, obviously, I look at, I read some of the technology that's being developed. You know, a lot more repairers now are approved to re repair electric vehicles. So they're obviously investing in the training to make sure, you know, they can repair these vehicles. So any time will tell. You know, we're gearing up for it. We will supply panels and parts for electric vehicles. I don't see why it should change. Yeah. Exciting times. Yeah. Um, so we, we've spoken about kind of from your specific side of the sector and what you're doing. As I said, when we did the webinar, we kind of had you know, the OE influence and we also had the, the recycle parts um, element to it. So as a whole, generically, can the claims industry's parts supply chain get better? Will there ever become a day when, you know, you guys might collaborate on anything, work together and, you know, cross-reference? I, I don't know. But, you know, is, is there any thought along those lines? Not at the present. I'm open-minded to talk with, you know, with anybody. Anything which can enhance my business has always got to be worth talking to. When I listen to the webinar, I can't comment on certain VMs and their issues. Obviously, I hear from repairers the delays within the VM space. I can't comment to the reasons why. I'll just keep pushing it to make sure I've got stock on the shelf. For me, I can only see it getting better. I can't see it getting worse unless events, political events, you know, Obviously, today we've been watching the events of the China-Taiwan. I've spoken to a couple of people in Taiwan today alone. They didn't seem that bothered, if I'm honest. <laughs> it was, I was quite surprised because that was one of my concerns this morning was, is this going to affect supply? Yeah. And uh, I spoke with one of the big manufacturers. Well, is it? I suppose it's saber-rattling. I'm, I'm not so sure. I'll sit and wait. I think for us, we just carry on as normal. We keep and make sure we've got stuff on the shelf. Repairers want us, they know where we are. I'll just keep doing what I've been doing ever since I've, you know, I've started Prasco, trying to improve. And then hopefully on the back of that, you know, we'll keep growing. Sounds like it's been working for you so far. So it's, it's been a good couple of years, Mark. I'm not going to say it hasn't. It's been a really good couple of years. You don't sit back on your, on your, you, you push on and that's what Prasco is doing. Absolutely. So what next? What next for Prasco? Well, we've got Auto Mechanica in September. Uh, we've yep. got a big stand. So anybody visiting, come along and see us. We've got some developments around the manufacturing space. Obviously, I can't share too much at the minute. There will be an announcement, hopefully before the end of the year. We're just going to keep developing. Obviously, we're working on the warehouse at the minute because we've, we've increased the stock. We've now got to look at new storage mediums. That's what we've, well, we've been doing that for the last 12, 18 months. We've increased the stock. We're going to increase it some more coming into the winter months. Uh, we are looking at new product ranges so hopefully that will enhance our range even more and pretty much the same as what we're doing now just more of it good man well good on you kelvin really yeah. good to catch up with you my friend and thank you so much for your time today all right really appreciate it thanks kelvin no worries thanks for your time so there you have it. A huge thank you to Kelvin for taking the time to talk to us. I hope you enjoyed the insight into Prasco UK's ongoing activities in providing the most efficient aftermarket parts service to the sector. It is certainly an interesting time for all involved in this area and one I am sure we will hear plenty more of in the coming months. In the meantime, many thanks for listening. You've been listening to the ARC 360 podcast 
brought to you in association with corporate partners Solera Auditex, BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Innovation Group, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, SNG Response and Sherwin-Williams, as well as our partners Aztec, the Green Parts Specialists in Darsa and Prasco UK. Catch up with you all soon.